0: Welcome to episode 20 of Confessions of a Casting Director, where you will hear advice, wisdom, and true stories from inside the audition room. I'm your podcast host, Jen Rudin. So today's episode features the live recording from the May 20th free online parent session, which we are now calling Wednesdays with Jen. We meet every other Wednesday via Zoom, and our next chat is Wednesday, June 3rd at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can sign up at Jen Rudin Casting com. Yesterday we had a very informative and lively chat with my friend and colleague Natasha Madalana, the founder and president of Take 3 Talent Agency. If you couldn't Zoom with us yesterday, enjoy the chat with Natasha, all about agents here, and thanks for listening. I'm Jen Rudin. I'm so glad that you guys are here for week 10 of our free online parent young actor chat. Um, I am the very proud author of Confessions of a Casting Director, which is now also a podcast. And in fact, uh, I've been taking these great um, weekly chats and turning them into podcasts. So you can listen if you want to hear this again, or if people miss it, they get to hear it. So um, some of my exciting career achievements in the past 20 years, I worked on The Incredibles, I cast Brother Bear, Chicken Little, The Wild, these are the fun animated movies from my years at the Walt Disney Company, Meet the Robinsons, The Princess and the Frog. Uh, After seven years at the Walt Disney Company, I opened up Jen Rudin Casting, and these are some of the fun projects that I have done in the animation world. Frankenweenie, Rock Dog, The Lorax, Peter Rabbit, the Number numberlies for Amazon. Um, and here are some of the companies where I have uh, done casting work. So very soon I'll be able to announce the Netflix animated series that I've been working on for the past couple of months. Um, they're going to do the press release in the next couple of weeks. So that's exciting. Um, and since this pandemic has started, I have had over 200 students in my online zoom classes since march they are all at reduced prices and we have been having a blast so many uh young actors who are on this call today have been taking my classes here are some fun pictures from this week's past voiceover classes including natasha one of your clients who is so good at instagram Mm -hmm. adriella that she said can't wait for the next class um and then some happy happy young actors doing voiceover training with me in these pictures. So these classes are all continuing and they tend to sell out really quickly. So I keep adding more. Um, there's level one, there's level two and level three, all for animation. I've actually been focusing the classes on animation over the past week or so, just because it's the sphere I'm working in and it's keeping us all really busy during the pandemic. So, um, Definitely go to Jen Rudin Casting to sign up. They're really fun and they're really small. They are limited to six people only so that everybody gets a lot of time to work on their scripts. Um, Feel free to uh, book a session today. Um, And you can do that now on my website. And today, special guest, My friend and colleague, Natasha Madalana, the owner and founder and president of Take Three Talent. There she is, folks. So she's (laughs) got a really lengthy bio, which we're gonna hear more about in our chat. I'm gonna stop the share, and I'm going to admit all these other people into the waiting room. Um, So if you guys are just joining us, I'm so happy to have Natasha here. We're gonna try to keep this really Organized I have my own questions to engage in this conversation and then at the end We will open it up for more Q&A and I ask if you've just joined our meeting to have you all please mute your audio um, And off we go. So in preparation for this meeting I actually reread the agents and managers 101 chapter in confessions of a casting director because I was like I know I know the answers to some of these things and um, Natasha, I view the relationship between a casting director and an agent to be sort of a lifelong collaboration of communication and trust and conversations and good news and bad news and all the things that happen in our relationship. Just tell us, what is the difference between, what does a talent agent do? Because everybody knows what a casting director does at this point. What is the role of the talent agent?
1: Yeah, I mean, I to second what you said, I, I believe that the relationships that we have um, with agents, managers, casting directors, producers, etc. it's sort of like this symbiotic reciprocity and that seems to be you know, the, the key term that I use very often, but um, what does an agent do? Um, by like sheer definition, an agent is, um, is added to your team to procure you work, opportunities and negotiate those work opportunities for you Um, and also agents are licensed bonded franchise we are regulated in such a way that we are really legally the only person that is supposed to be or the only entity that is supposed to be um, representing an actor by way of procuring them work not representing them as a whole but um, actually submitting to casting directors and getting you auditions?
0: I feel like I always like to say it's sort of like the buyer-seller, right? So like, I'm the buyer, I'm the casting director, and today I'm casting for, um, you know, African-American boys age 8 to 12 for an animated series right so I'm buying technically and by buying I mean I'm looking to hire and I'm going to set up auditions so I always like to say that if the agent is the seller the casting directors are the buyer right and so um what do you think about that is that a crazy way to talk about the relationship or does that make
1: sense oh, you? I think it's pretty fair it's, it's always um for me personally like using the word seller it's sort of like feels as though we're selling people. And in technicality, that is the case. Like we are, you know, to my agency, every actor, whether they're a child or an adult, they're sort of our product. So if we had, if I owned a bodega and I had like a section of apples and a section of oranges, um, you could I guess put it, you know, keep it down to the sheer fact that like some of you are my apples and some of you are my oranges. And Um, and yeah, so I mean, I I think that's a perfectly fair way of saying it. It's just sort of hard to consider people as items to sell. It
0: it totally is. And I just feel like it's an easy way for me to explain that like you're, you're seeking to get them employment and I am hoping to give them employment, if that makes sense. So I'm in an elevator with you and I say, hi, I'm Jen Rudin. I'm a, I'm an award-winning casting director and author and, I'm from New York City and was a was a professional child actor. What's your elevator pitch about you and Take Three?
1: Um, wow, that's a good <laughs> question. Um, I about me. Well, I started in the industry um, over 15 years ago. Uh, started working at Radio Disney and then over at MTV in the press department. So I have like a very strong working knowledge of uh, working with actors, performers, uh, talent in general. And I started Take Three um, I have 13 years ago. Um, and Take Three is an across-the-board, uh, a, a mid sized agency who represents talent across the board in TV, film, commercials, voiceover, theater print, comedy, and packaging. So, And how did you
0: start the agency? Had you worked as a talent agent before? Because listen, most of you know, if you read the Introduction to Confessions of a Casting Director, I was an assistant at Innovative Artists, which is a very large talent agency. And really always think that it's it's great for people who work in casting to spend some time on the agent end and for agents to spend some time in the casting room. But how, did you just become an agent? Or did you, did you work somewhere else and learn the ropes? So I
1: started at a print agent actually. Um, Okay. Yeah. So I'd started with youth in print and it was, well, like I said, I started, I actually started at MTV and then I started it, then I was working at Radio Disney. So I was working with talent for a really long time for like almost two years at that point. Um, I was the girl picking out the green MMs, dealing with like contract writers, um, dealing with Hillary Duff at the time, working with Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey on Newlyweds. So that was sort of like my background. And then I sent my um, resume to a talent manager at the time uh, who had just recently filled a position as an assistant. And she was like, You should, you know, reach out to this modeling agency. They're looking for somebody ground level. Um, I went and started working with them. Um, and I liked it. I liked working with the kids. I enjoyed the process, but what I was struggling with for a minute there was I lost my ability to be a part of something creative um, and rather it was more visual. And, you know, again, I have nothing against print models. Like they're great. And it was a fun experience for what it was, but I, I definitely, I yearned for the opportunity to like really make a difference in people's lives as opposed to, you know, walking into an H and M and saying, Oh my God, that's my kid on, you know, on the billboard. That was fantastic. But for me, it was like, how do I turn, you know, how do I take that same kid and, you know, put them on a billboard starring in a TV series? Or how do I make them a movie star? You know, and so for me, it was sort of this big light bulb moment. I went to the girls that currently owned the modeling agency at the time. And I'd also been made a couple of job offers from different competing agencies, some of which had, you know, had offered me a TV film opportunity um, in their divisions. And I sort of was like, why would I What for me, it made sense to, I'm a loyal person. So I went back to these girls and I was like, I want to stay loyal and I want to stay with you guys, but I also want to make us competitive. Um, And so that's what I did. I, I basically said, I will start this from the ground up and... We will meet every one of your models and we will see who has what it takes to do commercials. I mean, it literally started with commercials. And it was like, can we turn pretty people into commercial actors and how many of them can we flip over? Um, And I spent, I would say about almost a year really building everything. You know, like the logistics of opening an agency are insane. Um, it's unlike being a manager. You can't just like put a sticker on your front door, you hang your shingle and you are, you know, what you are. You have to you get have to, licensed, right? Yeah, we have to be licensed, bonded. Um, there, You need a license from the Department of Consumer Affairs here in the city. You need to be bonded for like over $2 million. Um, you know, there's, there are a lot of, there's background checks, there's, there's regulation. Um, and then you have to be franchised by the union. So SAG-AFTRA, equity. So it was a process. And it took me about a solid year, year and a half to do all of that alongside right. just- every single kid on our current roster and seeing what I was working with. And I think I ended up with about, of like four or 500 kids that the agency had at the time, I think I ended up with about eight that were actually viable in the other world. And Um, did
0: you split off from, from that other agency to form take three or was it a shared
1: take three was initially the reason it was called take three is it was initially the two ladies that owned product model management back in the day. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, So it was, it was like me basically saying, I'm throwing down my shovel. I want to try and do this. And them sort of saying, we know nothing about this world. We don't really have interest, but like, If you're going to keep our business afloat and keep things running, then like, by all means, go for it. And it was, it was supposedly like a, it was a three-way split of a new company. Um, And little by little, I would say by like year three, the first, um, the first of the two sisters that owned product basically bowed out she was like I, you know she had kids she decided that she wanted to start a family and and focus on that and leave the industry all together so she was gone and then the other one stuck around for a couple more years until Elise was up and she was basically like I she didn't know anything about the take three end of things take three really was my baby from inception but it was sort of like this this unspoken shared thing that was going on um But yeah, it was about five, six years ago. It was about six years ago now that she just basically washed her hands of it as well. And that's when we regrouped and reshifted and added print to what we were doing because she basically ended her print agency.
0: Oh, I always wondered because, you know, I had heard your name and then we do have to share the funny story before we get into sort of like the day-to-day of what, what an agent does. So Natasha and I were friends on Facebook and, you know, she'd submitted to me on different projects and then... Out of the blue, she, uh, she, she messages me on Facebook. And she's like, listen, I know you're a cyclist and there's an audition that Don Case is casting for a vitamin commercial and they want like fit women with their bicycles. You know, can I submit you? And um, of course I was like, oh yes, yes, of course. You know, once an actress, always an actress. So I go with my, my beautiful specialized, you know, designer road bike. I go to this audition at Don's everyone's riding these like cheap you know mountain bikes that you get at target anyway Natasha I got a call back if you remember Mm -hmm. um I think you even had me on hold for the shoot dates and uh, I go to the final audition and we're outside riding bikes and like I I like wasn't pretty enough, skinny enough, modelly <laughs> enough. And the director of the commercial, all he wanted to do was like hold my bike and like look at it and like talk about cycling. And I was like, I didn't get this commercial and I didn't get it, but it was, and that's how we became friends. Um, so, uh, so there you go, it's a long were, time.
1: Those were the early years. Like I was handling commercials. Now I've not, I have not worked on commercials. In so family.
0: how many agents do you have at Take Three and how do you divide the casting directors? Cause I think people really should hear about everything that you are doing for your clients. Cause I feel like everyone always wants to know what exactly does an agent do? So tell us how many agents you have and then give us a typical day at take three.
1: Yeah. I mean, so we currently have, we have three agents in our legit division, um, split up for the most part by age. Um, so myself and Shannon are the agents that basically Shannon sort of starts with like the teeny, teeny, tiny ones. So like five, six, seven, eight. Um, That's not to say I don't have a couple of people in that category as well. Um, And I, and I sort of with like recent months have pushed over a little bit more like, starting in like the 12, 13 space, and then heading up to like 25, 30. So that's really where I've been. I like my most recent successes are all with like my 18 year olds that play, you know, playing younger. Um, So like my sweet spot personally is like 16 to 25. But we do, I do have a bunch of the younger ones and people that like I absolutely love and I took on before I sort of made that shift. So I'm not leaving them or leaving them behind in any way. Um, so that's myself and Shannon. And then Eddie in our office handles um, everyone 18 plus or, or many people 18 plus um, and also handles theater in our office. So it's a little complicated, but like TV film and theater are between myself, Eddie and Shannon. Um, Shoshana, Catherine, Amanda, Um, they are our commercial voiceover, uh, like group of individual agents and they're all really fantastic. And also they have interesting splits amongst themselves. So, um, Shoshana mostly handles adults and Catherine, uh, does a combination of both. Um, but Catherine's our queen bee when it comes to voiceover. Totally. Um, Yeah. We have a relationship too. She's fantastic and she's she's actually been with the company she started as an intern that's the, another thing that i've always tried to do with take three is like we really are homegrown in the people that represent our actors they're not i don't hire someone to be an agent because they have a 6 months experience in another agency or um, you know or they just came out of college like we really force them to do the internship period um, then there's sometimes a part time period and then there's a full time period there's an assistant period like we make sure, Catherine's been with us like nearly four years now, um, and she only really got agent status just about shy of a year ago.
0: And I have to say, that's such a great thing about having your own company, because needless to say, at Innovative Artists, I was going to spend a lot of time on that assistant desk before somebody either went on maternity leave or left the business to go work at, you know, somewhere else. It was just, it was just you, you were, I mean, it was slave, slave work. And I I really talk about it in in my book. I I think people need to understand what talent agents do so now let's sort of move into what's a typical day Um, and let's do it sort of pre pre pre-corona you know um and we'll talk a little bit about sort of i want to get into social media and technology and how that's affected our business but i just want to hear like what's a typical day like at the
1: breakdowns and
0: what do you do we,
1: we get in in the morning we're we're literally on breakdowns first thing so it's like coffee breakdowns We are making sure that we're popping everybody into anything that pops in, and breakdowns is open all day long. So I would say, for me personally, I start with whatever comes in in the morning, um, and then go to my emails. So sometimes I, we have this running, ongoing joke in my office, and I will show you this so that it sort of gives (laughs) perspective. Um, There are thirty six thousand emails in my inbox at the current moment, um, and that's like on a really slow day. Um, so I fly through emails. I answer anything that's somewhat urgent or I forward the things to my assistants that they can answer. Um, and then sometimes I have phone calls. So either those are strategic phone calls as far as like an actor asking to have a conversation, um, about a particular project or about their career. Um, or, you know, whatever whatever it is that they're looking for. So sometimes I'll, I'll do one or two of those calls a day or I'll try to do one or two of those calls a day. Um, and then we oftentimes, during normal times, about three to four days a week, we would meet new clients at the same time. So um, you meet them in the afternoon. Is it like yeah, typically after school? I mean, again, it depends on, on the age. So if they're over 18, then we'll meet them, um, you know, somewhere between like one and three o'clock. Um, I'm an, I'm like a afternoon, evening girl. I'm not a morning person. So you're not going to get the same thing from, you know, you're not going to get the energy from me at like 10am, where like Eddie in my office is raring to go at seven. And like, he's done at noon. Um, For me, I've just been so used to working with kids and taking meetings with kids that like, I sort of had to, figure out when my like most alert space was. And for me, it was always three to six. So we take our new talent meetings from three to six. Um, we schedule them, we go through them. If they're self tapes, um, because we were doing sort of a combination of both taking meetings in person. And then if there was someone that was either out of state or someone I was like, I'm not hundred percent sure I'm ready to bring them into the room and spend 45 minutes with them. Um, you know, we would go through self tapes um, and then give feedback. I'm signing contracts all day long. So anyone that we do move forward with, um, I'm like physically having to sign, although SAG-AFTRA has just made an amazing um, finally has has added things to DocuSign which is oh my god they are like and it's like don't get me started about Screen Actors Guild like I'm mm-hmm. all for the
0: union they, they finally so have a working website but they have been so antiquated over
1: the years it's yeah, just and, insane and, and even the contracts they merged. I mean yes I can go on for this for years but, <laughs> um yeah I mean they merged like over 10 years ago it feels like at this point and we still have these two separate contracts and we're killing paper and uh, killing trees and, and using paper like it's nobody's business um, so finally, due to the coronavirus, that is one amazing thing that has happened. I no longer have to physically sign contracts, so it's going to be a lot easier. However, it is more work for the assistants. And, and you know. when, you, when you're signing a new client, is it a three-year contract? It's a one-year contract. It's so, a
0: one-year contract. Yeah, oh.
1: so, so agencies that are franchised by the union, um, I can't speak for every agency, but the ones that you know are regulated by the union, um, we always have to start with a one-year contract. It's sort of that Um, that time period that sort of, that that helps an actor and an agent see if they're a good match. Um, It's a short period of time, um, you know, in terms of representation, in terms of career, but it it needs to amount to something. So whether that is, you know, you're getting a couple of auditions and you're feeling good about your representation um, or, you know, maybe you're not maybe after a year you're just like i've been sitting on someone's shelf Um, again the apples and oranges reference um you know sitting in the store shelf and nothing's happening and nobody's picking me up and nobody's buying me and i don't think that my agent is pushing me hard enough so at the 11 or so month mark we typically reach out to an actor and we're like you know we love we've loved working with you we're really happy with the results and and this goes both ways like obviously we're submitting you and we're pushing you, but if people aren't fighting, um, or if you're like not in a category that, you know, is currently, um, you know, hot, you know, maybe you're in that like weird 12, 13 to 16 space that we all know is really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, so in this, those situations, I personally am really nice, you guys. So like, I will ride out, the wave with you. Um, I love how Will is shaking her head. It's true. Like, I'll ride out those those awkward waves. I've done that with my kids for years. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys or many of you might know Quinn McColgan, who was on Jen's uh, podcast a couple of weeks back. Um, she's been with, with me since she's six and a half years old. Um, and she's 18, as you all know now. Um, and she had those ebbs and flows. She had those years where there was so much going on and she was working nonstop. And then she had those years where, like, I couldn't pay somebody to take her basically um and that has nothing to do with her talent or her skills but you
0: stayed with her because you believe in this young woman's talent and Mm -hmm. i think that's something that people have to remember that you know if you're if you're going to start working with an agent like you don't get paid until the actor actually books a job for you right so you have to really believe in them um Mm -hmm. versus me my job is i'm hired by netflix to cast their show you know, what do I believe? I believe I need to do my job and that, but it's totally, totally different. So you have to really want to develop and be with them for a very long period of time through all the highs and lows.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, so after the 11 or so month period, we can renew for, I think, Minimum, we do 18 months to three years on renewal. So that's when we're allowed to hit the three-year mark. But STAG, um, you know, regulates and protects the actor saying, like, we don't want an actor to be stuck in a three-year relationship in an office that perhaps isn't pushing them or perhaps isn't the right fit. Um, So, yeah, so we will, you know, so on a given day, I've got these phone calls. I'm dealing with submitting on breakdowns. Then after I've submitted on breakdowns, I'm, you know, Um, doing what our office likes to call them koalas, which is completely having nothing to do with anything, but it's just sort of like a way to differentiate what we're doing. But we do these pushes. Um, So we go on breakdowns, we then narrow down like of the seven or eight projects that I might've worked on in the first hour, um, which ones of them do we have really, really strong, you know, options for? And then we send emails to casting directors like Jen. And we, you know, we very politely say, hey, would you check, you know, take a look at my submission for this project? I really feel like of the six roles you posted, we have like three major winners for the first three roles. Would you check them out? Um, so our time is used both, you know, pushing buttons and submitting you into the, into the package, but then also pushing to casting directors. And in some cases, some casting directors are super old school and they're like, call me, I don't do this over email. Um, and then others are, you know, gonna go through your packages over email and then get back to us um, and let us know who they might want to see for the role. And then of course, um, we get the appointments that, you know, come in after the submissions happen. Um, and so we put out those appointments through the office. Um, that's not my personal job. I have these amazing assistants who handle sort of the paperwork aspect of it. Um, but once the appointments go out, you know, we're, we are glorified schedulers. So we're the ones getting your email saying, but wait, I have a three o'clock class here, or I have a doctor's appointment I completely forgot to tell you about. So we, we move things around and we get you confirmed to casting um, and we try to do that as effectively and efficiently as we can.
0: And do you do that if, if somebody has a manager? Is that where a manager can come in handy? Because can't the manager also call the casting director and move the time? You know, it's really interesting that you say that. So I, I would think, think that I mean, would be a good thing for a manager to do to make your like life a little easier.
1: It works a little differently. I mean, there are some casting directors that don't want to communicate with managers if they've communicated with agents, uh, like they're sort of like, well, who are you and why are you calling me randomly? Um, Sometimes we also like, it gets confusing or like complicated for us because some, you know, if somebody goes and changes something, but we've confirmed it, it does make it complicated. So I prefer personally that a manager doesn't do that. Um, But if there's like a really complicated, like if, if there's a question or a request for a script, or if there's something that I just like, don't have the time to go figure out if a manager is able to do that, if they have their own relationship with casting, like, I don't mind that. So do you, oh. do most of your
0: clients also have managers? I always feel like you're very hands-on. You don't need a manager with Take 3 because you're actually going to get Natasha on the phone when, when there's something to be talked about, as my yeah. the, the woman I worked for at Innovative used to say.
1: Please, exactly, yes. Please don't try to get me on the phone when there isn't something to say. For, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really, really interesting that you say that because I, I think that what I've struggled, and it, it is a struggle, you guys, like not in a bad way, but what I've struggled with, um, is I do, there are so many managers I really do like and enjoy working with. Like, let me be really clear about that. Um, but our office, I don't know if it's just our office, but we've, like, even with Quinn, for example, like, it took me many, many years to convince Noel. To be okay with adding another person to her team. And her mindset was very much like, well, what do I need to pay an additional 10% for? Like, you answer my text messages, you pick up my calls, you are available 24 seven, you show up to my premieres, you're doing everything that I could need. Um, and I, I spent many, many years, especially the early phases when we weren't as bicoastal as we are now. Um, I spent many years sort of saying to her, well, like maybe having someone feed on the ground in Los Angeles, wouldn't be the worst idea. And she would just be like, I, I feel like I don't need it. And I feel as though, um, and I see a few faces that are in today's chat might agree. Um, I have a lot of, most of my series regulars do not want a manager. And I don't know why.
0: That's um, so interesting because I always feel like everyone's. My feeling is you, you, you know, when there's something to manage, that's a good time to get a manager. When, yeah. when you're out in LA and you're you're on the show and there's 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 fittings and there's table reads and and Natasha's in New York and I'm in LA working on my show, maybe it's nice then to have somebody to, to manage it all, right? Manage my my um, wardrobe and my hair and all of that things. But sometimes it can overcomplicate, especially on my end when, when Natasha when I really. Really want to make sure that an actor gets feedback for a retape, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here are the notes. Yeah. Let me tell them to you. And sometimes there's too many there's too many cooks. Um, but I think it's good to hear a little bit about your relationship with managers because everybody wants to know. You know,
1: do I need both? Do I need one? <laughs> well, I mean, legally speaking, here's how I always answer it to, to parents: It's like, logistically and legally speaking, you don't need anything but an agent. That's the truth. Like the okay. honest, wild truth. Um, you don't need to pay double commissions. It's not a necessity. But I tell every actor, like, everybody is <clears throat> And the truth of the matter is, is that there are some actors on our roster who truly feel like they don't get enough handholding. They don't have direct access to their agents. Like, and not just my roster, but I would say in general. Like, I've, I've heard from so many different parents. Um, one of my kids actually at a recent premiere for, um, for an HBO show she, ma, the mom actually sat me down and she's like, so I'm being bullied into getting a manager. And I was like, bullied. And she's like, it just feels weird. Like I go to, I go somewhere and all the parents say, wait, you don't have a manager. Like what's wrong with you? And then she sort of had to like, like compensate in her head. Like, well, what do I need the manager for? So I always tell manager, I always tell my actors, make a list of anything that you feel a manager could add to your equation. And if you have at least five realistic things, like don't tell me that you want your manager to like babysit your other kids so that you can take one to their audition because P.S. I've heard that before. Um, but, you know, realistic things that a manager can add to the equation. And if, if it seems like it makes sense, then like let's start talking to some. Um, I, I really do like working with a bunch of managers. I, I don't have anything against them. I just oftentimes find that people pick them up for the wrong reasons and then they right. find themselves somewhat disappointed in the process. Right,
0: they get seduced. I always like to say you get seduced by the letterhead or you get sort of seduced by the cover of the script. This was back when we used to, yeah. to have scripts with covers on them at Innovative. <laughs> but Natasha, I also feel like sometimes a manager is the one that you, that calls for feedback right um so i get a lot of managers always asking like how did the how did the callback go and is are they in the mix and so maybe that's that's what a manager's for but we're not here to talk about managers we are here to talk about agents so i have another question i wanted to throw at you um what are three things that you wish every parent and client because sometimes your clients are over 18 Mm -hmm. uh what are three things you wish they knew before they come to see you or enter the business or start to work with you? Because I feel like half the reason why I wrote Confessions of a Casting Director was because I kept mm-hmm. seeing all these things go wrong at the audition. And I thought if I could just give them some feedback <laughs> on what to do to make it better. So yeah. what do you think?
1: That's a, that's a really great question. I, I wish I had like a, an exact, hopefully I'll <laughs> some sort of answer to this. Um. Things I wish you knew, I mean, I wish you knew that it's not a perfect science. Um, there's no, uh, there, there isn't a specific ladder. I actually, I was doing a take three talk that we do weekly with um, Matt Glassner, a casting director I work with yesterday. Um, who I love a great associate and we sort of spoke about so the elephant in the room for me has always been whenever I ask my clients like what do you want to know ask me questions and the the biggest question I get is how do I leave coast star land whether that's a kid or an adult or whatever how do I leave coast star land and become guest star level actor um, and I then sort of flipped the script and asked Matt the exact same question like what is How do you guys see that? And I think, unfortunately, it's like, there is no full trajectory. There isn't a like, you know, if you get through step A, you make it forward to step B. And then if you get through step B, you get to step C. That doesn't exist. There's no perfect science to this. And That is one of the hardest things that we've had to deal with as agents that I've had to learn over my 15 year career um, and that I've had to communicate to my actors like you could work so hard at step A and you could be killing it. But step B may never come or, you know, step B might be miles away or you could skip step A and go to step C like there's just no there's really no answer. I like, always like to say that
0: too. There's no, it's not like you get your, your you know, your MBA and you go work at no, Goldman Sachs. It's totally so,
1: different. It's, it's totally like, different. It's a completely different thing. So it's like, you can't, There, it's not higher education. It's not, um, you know, you don't graduate at a certain point and hit that stride. It's, it's a, it's a combination of talent and timing and, you know, things that, that ultimately are completely out of your control. Sometimes. Totally.
0: You know, you, oh, you, You coined me casting director for The People many years ago, because yoga for The People was very popular on Same Mark's Place. And I was very honored because I felt like, you know, I'm a humane person. I care about people. I also need to do my job and I I need people to show up to the auditions prepared. How do you handle telling um, news to somebody when they've gotten so close and they've had 12 callbacks and they've flown to L.A.? How do you um, give them the heartbreaking news?
1: Well, and I, then I, I want to
0: hear about the great news, but let's start with yeah, the tough one first. I mean,
1: the heartbreaking news, it's, it, I'll never do it over a text message. Let me be really clear, because a lot of my clients text back and forth with me and like, I feel like it's really important that they know that I'm like in it with them and I'm feeling all the feels. So like, I will either get on the phone with you or Skype with you, um, you know, so that that's number one. But I, I typically, you know, I'm a big believer, like if I believe in you and, and others are believing in you and you're getting into these rooms and you're getting these callbacks and these tests in LA, like you say, I'm a believer of it's not if, it's when. And I always sort of say that, like this wasn't the one. Um, but somebody said, um, one, of, one of the moms in my, um, in my Zoom the other day said something that was super duper brilliant, which is like, she talked about this red dress moment. Um, which I thought was really fantastic. Like, you know, you go in and you know there, there's a party and that party is, you know, it's a black and white party. And so you're supposed to go into a store and purchase either a black or white dress. And you go in and you try on black dresses and you try on white dresses. And then you fall in love with a red dress. And you bring that red dress out to show whoever you're, you know, you're trying on these dresses with. And you say, what do you think of choice A, B, or C? And even though you love that red dress, you're that red dress, you bring it there, you bring it to these people, and you give them the option. And they're more likely, with a black and white party, gonna choose a white or a black dress. At the end of the day, that is the bottom line. But you wait for the day that they throw everything away and choose the red dress. And so these actors or our actors sometimes they need that red dress moment. Um, And so I oftentimes say, like, this might not have been the one, but. I'm a big believer of the fact that if you've gotten that far there's gonna be there will be a one. Um and it will happen. And it's I I have I can go on record and say that if I've had actors that have received tests, multiple tests, multiple callbacks, it is super duper rare that they never find success in their career. Um it's usually probably like almost immediately afterward. Um, I think one of the the kids on the Zoom just uh, that I saw pop in, Isabella, who's with us, um, who's debuting a month from now in a, on a show in Hulu and Love, Victor. Um, and she, you know, her mom was also super um, active and eager and they were working really hard and training and becoming aware and attending things like this and just constantly learning. And we had multiple conversations probably within a couple of weeks of her getting the big part where I had to say, well, this didn't happen or that didn't happen. Um, And then the big one happened. So I I feel really strongly that we, we try our best to break the news to you as Best as we can, but we—I genuinely believe it when I say it. Um, I very rarely find myself sort of just saying words to say
0: words. Yeah, no, and I think it's like, you know, it's about building relationships also. Um, one of the agents quoted in the in the chapter, Michael Kirsten um, at Harden Curtis says like, your first year is spent gaining fans, right? Getting into the casting offices, getting into the rooms, getting me to be a fan so that I depend on you so that I want to see you again. Uh, like Quinn is somebody that I've known since she was little. Um, and, and the time will come and casting is sometimes about timing. Um, speaking of timing, we do have a bunch of fun questions coming in, but before we even, we're not going to really mention, we'll talk a little bit about COVID and what we think is going to happen, you know, when we can get back to real life. But do want to talk a little bit about social media and technology, um, Natasha, because I um, am, I wanted to do an entire podcast episode about social media, but I actually think we'll do one of these Wednesdays with Jen about social media. So I, I have a chapter in, in confessions, don't tweet us, we'll tweet you. Mm-hmm. And, and technology can be used for good and for evil. I hate when I see an actor post on Facebook or Instagram, like, here I am at Nickelodeon, had an amazing callback. Um, Hashtag young actor, hashtag this. I'm very happy to see that people are having auditions, but I also feel like we have to be so careful because to me, if I'm a parent and I see that this actor has gone to Nickelodeon, but my child didn't go and they seem like they might be seen, like it's just, I feel like social media should be used when there's something to announce. Um, like my book, when the pre-order page came up on Amazon, that is when Harper Collins told me I could announce my book. I kept yeah. it quiet for months and months. So what do you suggest? Do you have people at the agency that guide people on social media, oh, do's and well, don'ts? We do,
1: have, we do actually um, have uh, one of our employees. Her name is Josie. So she's our press person at Take Three. Um, and she's really fantastic at like putting together great announcements for, um, for our clients' projects. Um, again, when we're allowed to make those announcements. Um, so we, I don't know if you, you see our take three social media, but we're really, we post multiple times a day. We're always, you know, really positive shouting out all of our clients' successes. Um, we find that that just makes them really happy for a while there. It was very sporadic and we weren't you know keeping to it like every single day um but then i'd get all these like tons and tons of emails from parents going well you didn't announce my thing and like but you didn't announce that thing and so we had to sort of decide that like either we were leaving the announcement game altogether, or we were just going full force into it um but social media to me you know it's interesting it's like I like an actor's social media to be somewhat of a combination of yes, announcements about projects, um, but also like you know the way that um, Audriella announced it or or posted that she was taking classes with you or that she had a great class. I think that it can be used in a really positive way and and keep you know it's engaging. Like, do you have to announce or put yourself in front of Nickelodeon or in front of Disney or ABC or any of those places? Um, it feels a little braggarty I can see what you're saying um I think it's really just like find really creative ways to keep engagement because that's a big part of of the social media game it's like how do you engage your viewers how do you keep them coming back for more um (laughs) But like I'm a I would prefer to see kids do like really fun, especially specifically to kids, but do like zany things, create your own content as opposed to, you know, I Willa, for example, who is eagerly watching us, um, <laughs> who we love, who we absolutely adore. Um, you know, she I, I think she posted something with like a jacket on and all like I don't even know what it was, but it was like the cutest thing ever. And All of a sudden she popped out of, like, she looked like she was, like, a midget. She popped out of it. And, like, all of a sudden she was, like, this, like, full-grown human being. And I watched that and I enjoyed that. Like, that 50-second moment of something interesting and funny as opposed to like a photo of her outside of the studio.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I I have a friend that says, and I've coined it, social media equals compare plus despair. And I feel, you know, we're, we're looking at what you ate for dinner, you know, or what audition you had that I didn't have or, or looking at, you know, your, um, And I do it too. I've got Peloton, I'm tagging the Peloton instructor because I'm thinking to myself, I shouldn't do that so much anymore because it's showing. I feel like I'm showing off or trying to get them more followers. But I think we all have to be so careful because also with auditions, to me, they're private, right? An audition is between you and the casting director or it's your self-tape going to the casting director. And I don't think you should be publicizing all your auditions before you get the job and only once you get the job, right? Natasha, And you get the approval from the producer. Can you possibly...
1: too and we've had we've had casting directors and producers contact us um even when there isn't a specific like even when you're not specific even when you're like i just booked this amazing new series for netflix like i don't i'm torn you know i'm guilty of it as well um but what i will say is a lot of managers they post congratulations to actors for projects And I'm just like, whoa, like take that down right away because we don't know that we can do that. So I would say just be really cognizant of whatever you've signed. Make sure that there isn't an NDA floating around somewhere. And also make sure that we haven't signed the NDA because Uh, sometimes we don't ask you to, especially for Netflix, but Netflix projects, sometimes we're signing that NDA. Um, So Catherine in my office specifically, because she, she deals with this a lot. Um, she's had to like quick call a parent at like 10 o'clock at night and be like, get this down, get this down, because it, it could risk you, you know. It could yes, risk you.
0: yes, totally. Um, and, and, and also, um, uh, as much as we're f- so excited, like I get to, after this, everybody at three o'clock, I get to call somebody and tell them that they got, um, one of the leads in my Netflix animated series, right? I got to call mm-hmm. the agent, which is the most exciting phone call to make, as everybody knows, but... Keep your mouth shut until we can have we have that official announcement because we have to remember this is a
1: business. Um, a couple. Wait, can I say one more thing about? Yes. social I think is really really important. Social media for the business because Jen's saying remember this is a business. You guys are welcome to have a social media account that is your private social media account that is not shared amongst the world and is specific to your family and friends. And you can have any sort of opinion you want in the world that you want to post there. You can post whatever ridiculous videos. You can make whatever ridiculous comments you want. Um, but for me, most importantly, what just like gives me fear and concern is if you're a child, for example. Like this is a real example. Um, we had a client once, a, a little boy who was, pre- I mean, and when I say little boy, he was like 13. Um, he was pretending to vape. And it was, terrifying and he booked a Juicy Juice commercial and he didn't announce that he he had booked the Juicy Juice commercial but they decided to just do a quick perusal of his social just for like you know giggles and they saw what he did and they contacted us and they revoked the booking and said we can't be aligned with what's going on here on this social media. Um, So you have to be so careful that like a joke might be a joke to you and it might be funny to your family and friends but when you use social media publicly, you risk things like that happening. Um, and then we also have, the, have had the flip side. We've had clients be cast by Disney, um, be cast by Nickelodeon, and then have had what they call, I don't know if you know about these, Jen, I'm sure you do, but they do social media audits, like actual yes. audits. Yes. Yes. Um, where they fly through an, an actor's social on every platform. So not just Instagram or Facebook or um, Twitter or Snapchat or whatever, any place that they can find you in the internet universe, they find you. And we had a client who had a pending offer for a series regular, and they were sending them to the final approval stage. And I got a frantic phone call from casting, an executive producer and the writer of the show saying, oh my God, your client has like a post. She's an African American girl. She's in her like early twenties, but she was playing sixteen on screen, and she had reposted four years ago. Had reposted a silly video of a, of somebody using the N word. Um, meanwhile, she was African American herself. She posted it. She didn't. She didn't think anything of it. They found it. They freaked out, and they were like, "This videos are like our our choice has gone to the top of the line." if they get this audit back, you won't get the offer. So like run fast, run furiously. And we didn't even know where it was. Like they weren't like, here's where it is, page whatever of this particular social. It was like, this happened in the audit, find it and delete it. And it's really scary because it could have lost her. I mean, the Juicy Juice thing went, it was gone. There was no fixing it. These stories are incredible. Did this girl, did, did she find it and take it down? It and she took it down, but it was like something she had posted four years ago, so it was like very deep. But they find it,
0: yeah. I love these, this is so great, Natasha. And I think we are going to have a social media conversation in further. Um, as we're starting to wrap up, you know, are you are you we're in we're in COVID now, and and I hope. It's going to end soon. Um, Are you, what's the process for meeting new clients? Is now the time for people to reach out or should people wait until the world starts up again? And what is the process to try to get in touch with you?
1: Everybody feels differently about this. Like I'll be completely honest. And I I mentioned this on my very first Take Three talk like six weeks ago at this point. My, I decided that I was going to utilize my time, you know, every office is different and some offices are too large to do this. So they've had to lay off their you know, employees, they've had to furlough them, all the fancy words of the year. Um, I decided instead of doing that, you know, to cut some salaries, but utilize the assistant's time, my time, my other agent's time, to dig into our submissions folders that were in the tens of thousands at that point um and and run through and watch tapes and consider actors i think the key thing here is that if if we do say yes we'll watch your tape and we do consider representing you and then we make you the offer it's sort of important because remember i mentioned that one year contract and the paperwork on it all it's important that you look at that one year very differently right now it's important that if we hand you a contract and we start it as of may 1st or june 1st or whatever that you realize that come june 1st of next year chances are you might have only been i mean again this is hopeful that you might only have about four to five months of actual representation from the agency in terms of being able to procure you appointments and get you in rooms and get you opportunities. Um, so for me, it's sort of like, I'm not going to hand you a piece of paper unless you fully understand that it's it needs to be sort of a year from the point that life reopens as opposed to a year from the paper. Right,
0: oh, that makes that makes total sense. Now, do you work with people who live in different states? I mean, obviously Quinn and Noelle live in Delaware and now I think with self-taping, it's like no big whoop unless you we just- We do, can-
1: about two and a half years ago, we started to literally represent across the whole, I mean, we are bi-coastal, so we represent in Los Angeles, in New York. Um, we work with some clients out of Canada, um, out of Mexico. Um, we are fully, and, and of course, all over the United States, like we have clients in Minnesota. One of our series regulars lives there. A few of them live in Texas. Um, it's basically everywhere. So, yeah. So we're totally open. Feel free to submit. You can email, um, submissions at take3talent.com. Um, or you can go on our website and click specifically the area in which you would like to submit. Um, that's just a way for us to better organize um, you know, we've had clients submit or, or actors submit in commercials, but realize that they really wanted to do TV and film or submit in a general inbox. And we don't know really what they're hope, you know, what they're hoping to get and who should be looking at their materials.
0: Um, just, I, by the way, this is so fascinating for me too, to see what's happening on the other end of the day. Um, so, Let's end with, uh, you know, we've sort of answered, I've answered sort of all these questions. It's 10% is the commission. You can't take 15. That's, you know, um, it's not not legal. Yeah. Um, We do take actors who are out of state. Okay. So... Share with me, cause I know I have them when I get to call and say, you got the part and what it's like. Um, share just, you don't have to name the actor, share just a beautiful story when you got to make that phone call and how that made you feel. Because I feel with these phone calls, that's what makes our job so great, is the good days, right? Not the tough
1: days. Um, but what do you, what was that call? Oh boy, okay, um, so we, I mean, I'm so blessed to say that we get to make these quite often. Um, and so there are so, so many, but I think a story for me, um, and again, this is just like my personal thing, is um, a couple of years back, about a year and a half ago, uh, I I had started that like 18 to play younger space. Um, i started, I decided to just like throw my, my shovel into that world. Um, and I did, and I brought in an actor who was the definition of don't judge a book by its cover. Um, he, was, he looked like a skinhead. Um, you know, again, just being completely forthcoming. Um, and I remember him walking to my room, walking to the office, and myself looking at my assistant and sort of saying, like, what have we done here? Yeah, exactly. That, that very scared, very afraid moment. Um, and he opened his mouth, and he did his monologue. And I was just dumbfounded with like the raw talent that was coming out of of that moment, that minute. And he left the room thinking he completely bombed the audition with us. And I I was so speechless. Like I literally was like, thank you so much. It was really nice meeting you. We'll be in touch. It was, it was so shocking to me that I didn't even have that initial like, yes, I want you. I need to work with you. Like mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with you moment. Um, we later called him, decided to start him with the agency. And what makes the story really beautiful is that he really, and, and this is rare, you guys, like you usually need money to get into this business. That's honestly the God's truth. Um, he was so dirt poor that there's like, use the word dirt poor and then take it down two notches. Um, he had left his hometown in Rhode Island, um, was sleeping on people's couches, uh, couldn't afford to finish college, like so many different aspects. But the, the greatest part of it was like, he basically was honest with me. And he was like, I can't afford to do anything you need me to do. I can't get professional headshots. I can't take classes. Like you're gonna need to like help me. And I was like, okay, sure. Like I believe in you that much. I'm going to do this. So quite literally did it. I went to H&M. I picked up a, a gift card for 150 bucks. I handed, you know, I literally called them in my office. I said, you can't go into an audition, dress the way you're dressing this is what we're gonna do. He was crying, you know, he was just like so emotional, he was, he was so grateful, he went and he bought his audition clothes. Um, I then called the casting director, Matt, who I interviewed yesterday, Um, And I was like, hey, this picture is garbage. I mean, it was literally a picture. He was 20 or 21 at the time. And the picture was from when he was like 15. Um, And it was like, not a headshot. And I said, I know this picture is garbage. You need to meet this actor for this short you're doing. And I knew I'd have to start with something really small time. And he was like, Natasha, the the producers and the director are going to be in the room. And I was like, you don't understand. You need to do this. And he was like, he just he literally I heard the breathing on the other side of the room on the other side of the call And I was like, let me put it this way. If you hate this guy, you never have to take my call again Wow, like, I love that Yeah, I'll take the challenge yeah. So I so he did Approximately 30 seconds after the actor walked out of the room I got an email with the actor's name in the subject and a star emoji in the inbox in, in the, the, the The body and that was it. I love that to was, send I those too. To said that was all that had to be said about two days later, I get a call saying, we're giving him the part. Meanwhile, it started with, he was completely wrong for it, but we're giving him the part. And I was like, well, then I guess he was kind of right for it. And that started with that. That associate, Matt, then went over to work with um, with another office who was working on The Sinner. He then contacted me and said, this actor would be really good for that. Um, I would say over the course of a six to eight month period, this actor went from his first co-star to his second co-star to a heavy recur on divorce to um, a guest star on Chicago Med. Um, and at every step of this process, I was like, okay, you've made $1,000, you're gonna get real headshots. You've made $8,000, you're gonna you know, get a new pro- profile. You've now booked three things, you've got to get a real." So it was like this beautiful gradual thing. Um, he then booked a show at MTC, uh, a, broad- a theater show, an off-Broadway off show. And I got a phone call, it was about nine o'clock at night, about three days into, or about a week into rehearsals in the show, and I get a phone call from Carbon Cuba's office in Los Angeles. It was 10 o'clock at night my time. And they were like, we're gonna be making him the offer to star in the next Lena Dunham series on HBO Max. And I couldn't stop crying. Wow, that is, (laughs) and I, yeah. And, and I he think stop crying. when I called him, he was like, you're kidding me. It's a joke, right? Like you're messing with me. And it, it was just the most amazing moment because you go from building somebody who literally has nothing and bringing them to this point where he couldn't have afforded a shirt on day one. And now he can afford to buy half of Los Angeles shirts. So it's like a really incredible, incredible moment.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really nice, um, way to end because i think that that shows you know taste and character and also what we started with this conversation natasha about trust between the casting director and the and the agent that you had that relationship with matt to be able to say listen to me trust me right and that is what you know makes my job great when i have agents like natasha that i can tr- trust and talk to who aren't going to bullshit me sorry for the kids on the call and <laughs> waste my time um that's a great story and it's we really the
1: wrong way. i <laughs> mean
0: yeah it, yeah. and, and I wanna just, um, we do have to wrap up because we could go on for much longer. Um, that's a beautiful story as we all keep moving forward pursuing our dreams because at the end of the day, I feel, I feel on good days I am making people's dreams come true and I'm sure you feel that way too. Um, but I want everybody on this call to know that for all the ways we're trying to pursue making your dreams come true, um, we need you to show up at my auditions prepared and, and, and dressed, you know, and, and ready to work and, and, um, and all of that. So everybody can give a big round of applause. to Natasha. Um, I'm so thrilled because it's so great to hear what you do because it makes my job also now I get it a little bit more um, since I never did go the agent route and, um, and all. So Natasha, uh, thank you so much. Um, people are going to start to uh, wind down here. I have to now call an agent and share some exciting <laughs> news, which I'm really excited about. And I will... Um, See you guys all, Um, I'm still trying to figure out if we're doing this weekly or bi-weekly, it's depending on the work schedule. Um, And if anybody has any great name for this Wednesdays with Jen chat, um, please send me an email. Because it's not really confessions of a casting director, this is for for my young
1: actor friends and their parents during the pandemic. And I wish you all so much. uh, Our Take Three Talks was started by uh, a whole group of our moms who contacted me and was like, "This is what we should be doing," and I was like, "Great!" So utilize this knowledge that you guys have for sure. And someday we'll see each other in person.
0: And if there's, you need a female cyclist with a bicycle. I will,
1: I will, <laughs> I will you, my I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you, you guys soon. Long. Thanks everybody for a great
0: hour. And uh, I'll be posting this as a podcast and probably tomorrow or the next day. Send me the link. I'll share it. I will take care. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great Thank afternoon. You, Jen. Bye. Thank you. Thank you Thank you For more episodes of Confessions of a Casting Director, go to genrudencasting dot com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast fix. And please subscribe, rate and review, and tell your friends about our show. We've got a bunch of fun online classes for young actors in voiceover and animation, TV acting analysis, and monologues at reduced prices during the pandemic. So you can check them out and sign up at jenrudencasting.com classes dash coaching. And if you love this show as much as I love doing it, please consider supporting us with a contribution to keep our show going. You can continue tribute at jenrudencasting.com slash podcast and support us through patreon or paypal thanks for listening